going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angst, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. I am so excited to bring you today's episode, but before we get to that, just want to thank everybody for their continued support for this channel. Um, it's been a ton of fun, and the best is yet to come. There's some exciting things happening, some great guests, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lactic Acid with Dominique Smith, and you will get a chance to see the exclusive series called Track Talk. It is an ongoing series that will, well, it's a permanent series, um, and it will be released every Tuesday night, sometimes Wednesday nights, just depends on um, how the week goes, but uh, we have a lot of fun on that show, some hot takes, some cool guests from time to time join me. Um, it's about 30 minutes to an hour, so trust me, you do not want to miss that one. But today's guest is my boy, Matt Wisner. Uh, met Matt last year, great guy, talented, talented dude. Um, he runs for the new generation track and field um, project, if you will, but they do so much when it comes to elevating the sport of track and field, the creative mindset that um, they have. And Matt is one of the front runners in that project. We talk about that and definitely check them out. New Generation TF, um, awesome group that they have doing great things in the community, track and field community. We talked about a start and running. We talked about 90s television. Yeah, we went there again. Uh, it was a fun conversation you know, talking about that. We talked about his goals and Matt is a writer as well. So we talked about, um, you know, some of the projects that he's done and, and writing very briefly. And we also talked about a season so far. So you do not want to miss this episode with my man, Matt Wisner. Um, and definitely be sure to follow him on social media. Uh, he's a funny dude. <laughs> so uh, definitely check that out. Be sure to follow us on all of our pages on social media. Instagram, Lactic Acid Pod or Lactic Acid Podcast. Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore podcast. We are reamping the website a little bit to be updated. So that'll be out soon within the next week or two. Um, it's already out, but the updated version will be out within the next week or two. And for the written side of things, go ahead and go to FanHubTF fanhubtf.com. I got it wrong one time, but yes, fanhubtf.com. You'll see myself there and some of the projects that I've written. Um, you'll see some of the track talk episodes there and some of the great guests on this show. Uh, I'm really excited to eventually have them back on, but you can see their work on there as well. Hope you enjoy the episode. Oh yeah, I had to delete TikTok. It's just not worth it. I'm so sorry to no one who ever subscribed. I didn't even subscribe, so it had to go. But I do hope you enjoy this episode and we will catch you next time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, Saints and Aces, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. Today, I have one of the baddest dudes out there in Eugene, Oregon, kicking tail and taking names. He is my homie, brother Matt Wisner. Put some respect on his last name. That's how you say it, people. Wisner, not Wisner. Matt, what's going on, big dog? How you doing? Hey, yeah, I'm super pumped to be on the pod, finally. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm slacking. I have like a wish list of people and like mm -hmm. you were on there. So <laughs> well, here we, we had, yeah, we had to have the goat on the pod. Yeah. We met about this time last year because we actually had to do a project together. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I forgot what it was. My memory sucks. But I honestly forget too, but I know I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had to do a recap of a session. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was pretty dope. I assume we didn't get kicked out. So that's all that matters. But now I'm a big time runner, big time rider, and he's doing some big time things in the track and field world. You're going to hear all about that, plus who he is off the track. But I got to ask you the hard facts, the hard question that resembles hard whiskey. You ready? I'm ready. If Ben and Jerry's came to you, said, Matt, you know, we're doing a new ice cream campaign. We want to center it around you. What is the ice cream combination that you would want them to build a campaign on? And what's the title of the ice cream? What a crazy question. It was that or the superhero question. So I'm trying to evolve. Okay. Yeah, this is this is an evolution. Um, well, my favorite ice cream flavor is cookies and cream, which is like already a combination. Just like it's such a common flavor that people don't think it's a combination. Okay. Um, and once you start adding too much stuff, it gets a little crazy. So okay. I feel like you could add something subtle, like maybe like, uh, like a pretzel or something, like something like that. Maybe some salt. So a salted pretzel or maybe just like salt, salted cookies and cream. I have yeah. seen, that's actually not a bad idea because I have seen, I saw it in a I think it's all in Whole Foods. They have a salted chocolate chip cookie with sea salt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not a that's not a terrible idea. So a yeah, salted cookie. That. Actually, that's a good idea because you get savory and sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. combination. I go uh, for that. All right. What, what are you going to call it? Mm. Um. Oh, you got me. You got me good. This is why I'm not in marketing. I'm a writer, but I can't write a simple title. This is like a headline. See, I, I struggle with headlines. Mm-hmm. So this is like a headline. Just call it the new generation. All right, the new generation. Yeah, I like that. So I may have to retire this question because I've asked it twice. Mm-hmm. And I haven't come up with the ice cream, but I've come up with the title. Yeah, on both times. You're just so, you're eagerly asking questions that you want to answer anyway. I do not save the day. I only eat ice cream once a year. Really? Yeah. So, which is living in Florida. I, I mean, really, I should eat it every day. But ice cream is like gas when it comes to prices. So, no, I'm not fooling yeah. around with ice cream. So, so I only eat ice cream once a year. And I don't think I, ooh, this is bad. I've never had Ben and Jerry's. They're good guys. They like pay their pay their employees well and like give money to good causes and stuff. Well, this podcast is a good call. So Ben and Jerry, if you want to sponsor it, just hit me up at <laughs> lacticacidpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. But yeah. yeah, man. But without further ado, let's get going. Get to know <laughs> a little bit about Matt. How's the season going? How how's everything going? You were a part of a almost world record. Mm-hmm. not attempt but you guys almost broke it and you kicked off a pretty fast time uh, i think it was 349 yeah. and everything doing big things out there in the great state of oregon mm-hmm. or the great city of eugene so how's everything going for you yeah the season's good um just starting to like really ramp up now i have a like a, a big race 
this week on Thursday at Mount SAC. It's like the USATF distance me and I'm going to try to get the US qualifying time in the 1500. So got to run under 337, which I think I can do. It's like ambitious for sure, but I think I'm going to be like pretty close. So going to go for it. I, uh, yeah, I ran 339 like a few weeks back. Oh, and yeah, ran it like kind of like I closed really hard. So I feel like if I get out a bit harder in the first half, then I'll be able to do it. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully like after that, the Portland track festival and then us championships is the, the big goal. I think it's funny, like, God willing, you make the world's team. You don't even have to go to the athletes lounge. You could just go home. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That just, the thought just came to me. So yeah. You live literally like around the corner from Hayward. Mm-hmm. That thought just came to me. Yeah. 800 meters away. Who, who Wow. I wouldn't have count that. I just would have said I live over there. But like, <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, but this is your first year, obviously, you know, running pro. What's it been like? Especially, you know, last year you tore it up at Oregon. Uh, yeah. Now you're running under the umbrella of new generation, which we'll talk about in uh, about mm-hmm. 30 seconds. But um, yeah, man, what's what's that been like? How's that transition been for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like people think of pro running and they think of like formal sponsorship deals. And I like, don't have that yet, at least hopefully like one day I'd love to, (laughs) it'd make my life a lot easier if I ran a couple seconds faster and could pick something up. But um, yeah, I mean, running like the kind of like lifestyle that's required of like distance training kind of is compatible with, my like work lifestyle anyway since I am like a freelance writer yeah so they're both like kind of like two things that require a lot of like discipline and structure but you know don't exactly fit into like the confines of a like nine to five work day so I'd say they like complement each other pretty well it can feel if you freelance right it it feels like a nine to five work day a lot of people structure it that way like they sit down at their desk in the morning and stay there till the night but I kind of like get bursts of energy and then like get a lot of work done and then you know I could go like a couple days without working sometimes if I'm not vibing no I, I that is me I think I don't know I don't know sometimes I can't I'm not the one to be like okay from nine to three this is set work time. Mm-hmm. It's typically like, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to write this article and all this stuff. And I'm going to get it done. I'm going to go to bed. And then I'm up to like three o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. from 12 to 3 a.m., that's when the brain kind of clicks on. But how did you get into running? I never asked you that. How did you? Running? Yeah. I know I you spot- traveled some... I mean, the only thing I have against Matt, my only fault against him is that he went to Duke. Um, yeah. You know, I actually, it's so funny, preparing for this interview, I prepared by watching the last three minutes of the Duke-UNC Final Four game. Oh, that's cold. That's really it, cold. It put me in a great mood because I was messaging yeah, you, like, you guys suck. Um, but, yeah, gave Coach K that L. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, really how did? Yeah, it was it was great. It's it's the thrill of twenty twenty two. But how did you get into it? And it seems like it's taking you some great places. Yeah, I I started like running cross country right before I got to high school. I like did it in the eighth grade just because I had like played soccer my whole life and I was getting like really fed up with like the soccer boys. <laughs> I just like didn't like I felt like I didn't really fit in. And I was like, I don't know, like, okay, at soccer, not that good. But like, I was always kind of like the fast one. So I like kind of begged my parents, like, can I like, please do cross country? (laughs) Just like, so I could have something different. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, pretty good at it straight away. So I kind of just stuck with it and like, learned to love it. And then, yeah, now it's been 10 years, 10 more years since then. Dang. I don't know. That's like, it feels like that's every cross-country runners origin it's like i played soccer yeah <laughs> or something like that probably um, yeah. it's like a lot easier to start out with those like ball sports i guess less physical uh for sure mm-hmm. but hey i'm with it so let's transition from running well still running but one of the hottest things out in the track and field market is new generation track and field um you and ben crawford have done a tremendous job of just guiding, you know, these younger kids, this new generation, bringing it to them in such a practical way and in such a way that's engaging to the sport from the standpoint of, you know, obviously getting, you know, more eyes to it, younger eyes to it, but having them stay there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to be like, okay, you know, come be a part of this. And then you find something better, but like, no, it's a movement, a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk to me about the origins of that and just how everything's going with it. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for thanks for calling it a, a hot thing in the store. <laughs> I agree. I also think it's a hot thing in the store. I'm I'm glad you do too. Um, I guess like yeah, during like quarantine, Ben like started filming just his friends. It was kind of this like like just, you know, like kind of mundane, like, like what do the NCAA's like top runners do for training, like during this weird time? And like people were at home, like really bored and like, yeah, just like logging onto YouTube and like watch these videos. And I think that kind of like, like being able to get some kind of like traction with that is why New Generation eventually could start is because we already have this like infrastructure on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, I think like kind of like the philosophy like behind those videos is like still the philosophy behind the work we're doing now. And that's like, how can you show like the character and the personality of like the sports top runners? Because a lot of the media coverage is like really like news based and kind of like reductive and boring, honestly. So I I think like that's kind of like the the idea like at the center of like the more media part of it. But then also we're just like, you know, like normal young guys who like are really interested in like pop culture and like the internet. And like, we want to take like our knowledge of like what's cool and what we like and like kind of inject that into the sport. Because I think like a lot of sports media is just like, I don't know, like its own kind of like weird thing that like, 
plays by its own rules and kind of gets in its own way, I guess. And I, I really like, don't think that we can like get more fans in like into track if, um, if we don't like bring in kind of like mainstream pop culture uh, too. Yeah. Like I think track could be like a, like part of mainstream pop culture, like track could be really cool, but I think like there are a lot of people preventing it from becoming cool. Oh yeah. I mean, and I feel like you kind of have to, because, you know, the one thing that I appreciate about new generation is all of you guys have personalities, but you don't hide your personalities behind the brand. It mm -hmm. ties into the brand because you, because you're able to be so authentically yourselves, it's a more genuine product. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, totally. That's why it, you know, attracts more viewers. It's why people, you know, want to come on. And that's an interesting point, you know, about sports and pop culture, because every sport, like you look at football, you look at basketball and just how it's even the athletes kind of, you know, showcase that you look at some of the podcasts that they have, it's, it, it ties in to everything. And I don't know. I said it's the hottest thing because it's something that track has not really seen, you know, like there is a serious side to it, but then mm -hmm. there is a realistic side to it. Um, is it been everything that you thought it would be so no. far at least? Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm like always getting surprised, like by what's around the corner. And like, yeah, one of those things is that like, about a year ago, Ben was like, oh, I want to like make a print magazine, which just like felt so out of left field to me. And like, I like have, like, I love magazines. I went to journalism school. I like, you know, I'm totally nostalgic for like that era that I didn't even live in where like magazines were kind of like, you know, the markers of like what's cool and uncool and like what's yeah. in and out. And yeah, like, I guess in like the pre Twitter days and like pre internet era like yeah magazines like really governed pop culture and like yeah, yeah ben kind of like surprised me with that and then you know ever since then the magazine has kind of become one of my big projects and i've now made like two basically completely by myself um as like you know kind of like like creative vision behind it and i mean i haven't actually made it by myself there are like a lot of people that have contributed but i kind of oh, yeah, like yeah, directed yeah. things um and yeah, that's like become my kind of like favorite project. And it's like the sickest thing ever to me that like, I, you know, can do that and do it with my friends. So yeah, I'd say that I'm like constantly surprised by like the direction of like the work we're, we're doing. I, when I was, I graduated from UCF and, and their journalism school actually was on our school's magazine. Mm -hmm. We, well, it was called Centric. And so we had an edition every fall was just mm -hmm. one edition. And it was the most fun because it's different writing. It's not, mm -hmm. I've, yeah. I've worked at a newspaper um, and I've worked, you know, with a magazine there, there's, it's two different styles and um, really it shocked me. It didn't shock me because I know like you're such a writer. So it, it wasn't like completely shocking to me at least, but A, it proves that print is not dead. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can make something specifically in a magazine, because like I said, 
you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, he's talking about newspapers. Newspapers and magazines are two separate entities. Yeah, two um, separate things. Yeah. So if you can make something from a magazine standpoint that can attract a reader, um, you know, then go for it. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it's only ten dollars. Yeah, ten bucks. Newgenerationtf.com. Yeah, everyone new listening, go copy yours today. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Go new generation TF. Ten dollars. You don't want to miss this. Are you guys still printing the old ones too? The first one? Um, no. So, yeah, we like Cooper was like the cover boy of the last one, and that was kind of like the like the first issue of like the new magazine. And then this one has um, Morgan McDonald and Ollie Hoare on the cover. And like, I'd say probably like over half the magazine is like content about OAC. Just like a really cool young team that's like definitely on the come up. And, you know, they've got a lot of really good runners on the team and they kind of like embody like this, like they kind of have the same mission that we do almost like they, you know, are, very online and their characters are kind of like well-documented online. And yeah, I think they like represent what new gen's about. So they kind of made like a great subject for this issue. And I think uh, Catherine did some artwork for you guys. She did. Yeah. Catherine one. did some great design. She's so good. I know. She's they look right behind you. I know it's crazy. And this is getting updated because she's, you know, she's doing that. I mean, she does everything. Shout out to Catherine. She was the guest Good for the um, uh, graphic day episode. I think released that sometime last month in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, $10 new generation track and field. Definitely check that out. Definitely check out the videos and everything mm-hmm. uh, that's going down. Uh, what, what are some of the projects that you guys are working on? Uh, that you could tell the people about if it's not too secretive yeah we're making another magazine at the moment um we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for worlds like a lot of in-person events um like in eugene if people come to town like i think there's going to be a lot a lot going on like we're organizing a track meet um yeah there's there's like a lot coming down the pipe and we'll be like giving updates on online like mostly on our instagram so yeah stay stay tuned on that new generation tf follow them like i said there's the website follow them on instagram too it's entertaining and then matt will plug your social media in after but gotta ask the harder questions what are three things that people do not know about you Mm. three things people don't know about me okay one i was talking about this this morning that's why it's fresh in my mind I sometimes get like really terrible sleep paralysis. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like talking about it with Cooper and Cole this morning and it's like not something that other people have. So I feel like that's like pretty unique about me. It's actually like wow. such a terrible, awful thing. <laughs> it is. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, It'll man. come in these little spurts. Um, As a runner, that really just blows yeah i haven't gotten it in a while so it, hopefully like it won't come now that i've talked about it but um yeah it's it sucks so bad so that's the first one um i guess like another one that i was kind of thinking about recently is that i almost like when the pandemic struck i almost like never moved to oregon and like i was about to like stop running wow um, i like really was gonna like i at the time like kind of had this like belief in like um like 
politics and I was like going to work on a like presidential campaign, which is like so ridiculous. And, you know, I, I never would do that now. <laughs> That's like a, a Rory Gilmore kind of like you just randomly stop, you know, what you're doing or whatever. And then you hit up Joe Biden's campaign. Yeah, I never was going to work for Joe Biden. That's oh. like kind of what that's kind of like what saved me. I was like, go, like I was like employed by Bernie Sanders. And then oh. there was like a lot of beef between like Bernie and Biden. And then, yeah, I think a lot of people that were like in my job were getting like transferred to Biden and I wasn't going to do that. Gotcha. So, um, OK, so you yeah. almost quit running sleep paralysis. What's number three? <laughs> um. The third one, uh, I have a tattoo on my arm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like branches and leaves. It's like part of this art that I really like. Um, but people are always so shocked to see it. Really? We'll probably okay. get some, some new ones. Are you going to do like a full tree? No, 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 no. It's not like, it's not like um, for the branches and leaves it's like more just because it's like part of this art that i like it's like a little sliver of it okay okay yeah i so there was a tweet so you're big on 90s uh television as well the 90s yeah so we got a mutual friend homie hannah bornstein hannah came on the show yeah, and we had an amazing talk, and since then she is probably going to be responsible for the revision and the revival of Hey Arnold. Yeah, yep. uh, Nickelodeon. Shout out to you, Hannah. But we're gonna talk '90s in just a second. I actually need to do like a '90s show to get her back on, like a like a '90s revival, because since then, like I've watched like Mike, mm-hmm. I've watch countless episodes of hey arnold and rugrats Mm -hmm. but anyway um i saw a picture of you for halloween you dressed up as helga g pataki i did yeah please explain of all the characters yeah all the characters you picked one of the most evil characters in television 90s television history she's not evil she's misunderstood she evil that little girl evil. okay yeah she's evil you're right uh, yeah. she could be misunderstood uh, yes but she's still evil yeah yeah she is evil i think like yeah they're kind of like that scene where you know helga's like she's terrible she's so like evil and vicious to arnold or football head she calls him um yeah. and then there's like this grand reveal where she goes home and like in her closet she has this like shrine of him like built out of like chewed gum and like little pieces of her hair that she had cut out and <sighs> It's, it's like this grand reveal that like she's so terrible to him because she's obsessed with him and she doesn't know like you know what else to do with it but I think yeah she's like a sick iconic character and um, as far as like cartoon characters go she wasn't like very difficult to kind of like make a costume out of it's like a very <laughs> DIY costume like I, I had a friend that had like like the pink dress and like she wears a t-shirt under it so like that was pretty easy. And then I had like hair that was bow. long enough to do her kind of like hairstyle. So. And then the bow. Yeah. And then the bow. Yeah. Which I made myself. You know, the really. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, I don't have hair. Well, I don't have hair. So I don't have to worry about yeah. you know, any of that. But 
you know, the more you, you say it, you know, A, Helga was deeply involved in voodoo uh, because that shrine was just demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I low-key have to backtrack my comment about her being pure the evil mm-hmm. because because I don't know. It was she, would you say she's the most misunderstood character on Nickelodeon? I don't know about all that. Who who would you say is? Misunderstood? Um, I mean, I would say it's Eliza Thornberry. Yeah, I could see that. There's an argument for that. Yeah, because, you know, she could just talk to roaches and crap and, you know, nobody understands. But Helga is like human because yeah, she's like, she doesn't know how to express her emotions because her dad sucks. Right. Wow. Yeah. And then at school, she's just like a total like B word to everybody. <laughs> she's awful. <laughs> she's know. so terrible. I just watch a Hey Arnold again, man. It's like I can read. Everybody went to school with Helga. Mm-hmm. Everybody went to school. Well, I was Gerald um, in a way. But what was that rich girl's name? From Hey Arnold? Yeah. I have no idea. But you know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, totally. Everybody went to school with her. Everybody went to school with a Phoebe. Yeah, dude. Everybody everybody went to school with a country boy named Sticky Peterson. (laughs) Uh, Harold. Yeah, I feel like those 90s shows, like, do that really well. Like, I feel like thinking back to, like, 90s movies and, like, 90s television, like, they play with kind of like the tropes and the archetypes in a way that's like so overt that like kind of like more like contemporary stuff doesn't do and I feel like it works really well it actually like I think nowadays we think of it as like kind of limiting but really it gives you so much freedom because then you can like really like make good characters and like you know do this like different type of humor just because it's like it's a type that like everybody knows and understands already you know what was your go-to show or movie and or movie? Right. there's so many 90s movies that I like I feel like the 90s is like my era for like movies um but like growing up my I like loved the wild thornberries and like loved cat dog <laughs> um, yeah oh, all man. those shows like were so good to me and like my was... dad would just like watch them with me because they were like entertaining to like a grown man too when my mom she told me like she started watching Rugrats. So I was born in 94 and I think Rugrats came out in 1990 or 1991. Mm-hmm. She said she would sit there and watch all that. Like we would watch all of that stuff. Yeah. Like when I was a baby, I was a Rugrats brother myself. Oh, my parents wouldn't let me watch Rugrats. Really? Yeah. Why? My parents, of- weren't, they weren't like big on censorship really, but like the two things I wasn't allowed to watch were like the Rugrats and Caillou because my mom <laughs> oh my, my mom thought like yeah my mom was like Angelica is so mean I don't want you like seeing that and thinking that's okay and then her like qualm with Caillou is that he like whined and cried too much that's that was my mom listen mm-hmm. she was like I, I better not catch you ever doing that crap that he was doing um it, but there was mean characters and everybody I mean Cat Dog was just, I love Cat Dog. I love the Angry Beavers. Oh, yeah, totally. 
Um, but here's here's a good one. Better series of shows, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon? That's like not even a good question, just because it's so obviously Nickelodeon. You okay? So I'm rolling with Nickelodeon. I'm rolling yeah, with Nickelodeon for sure. But you got Dexter's Lab, Ed, yeah. Ed and Eddie, Johnny Bravo, Courage P- the Cowardly P- Dog, Courage. Okay, that was well. That was so weird. But Nickelodeon had weird shows like uh, not that weird though. Not that type of weird. I what's like- the Cartoon Network is like for like the weird kids. Like those kids, like they grew up and like took German in high school and like um I mean yeah, I don't know. I think if you like all I'm gonna say is if you like see somebody like you could pick out like a 25-year-old now and be like, oh, that guy like watched Cartoon Network as as a child. So you're saying like the video gamers. Yeah, I'd I think so, yeah. That's like cold. adult video gamers. That's that's cold. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I don't make uh, the rules. It's just the truth. All right. Listen, they ain't coming after me because I ain't saying. Oh man, like part of me. See, I don't really watch Cartoon Network like that until, but some of those shows you compare. So, like, I I think it was called All Real Monsters on Nickelodeon. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that is that like a Cartoon was... Network type show, though. Yeah, Invader yeah. Zim. Yeah, and like, um, yeah, like Ren and Stimpy or whatever. Oh God, yeah, I used to. I watched that. I never fully got behind that show. Yeah, there was only there was there's okay. The borderline show that could go either way on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon was um, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, I did love that show. Th- that was a good show. I don't know. It's it's looking at the 90s shows, even when SpongeBob came, it wasn't like mm-hmm. OG SpongeBob and like right. even Rocket Power to an extent. I love Rocket Power. It's still better than what's on TV today. It's so much better. If you like go on to like Nickelodeon like now you would be actually like appalled at what they put on there. <laughs> really? And like Disney Channel does it way worse. Like that's the worst one of all. I haven't. I mean, I used to like on Disney, I used to watch like even Stevens and mm-hmm. that's sister. so Raven. Oh yeah, that's so Raven. But Sister Sister was my show. Oh yeah, Sister Sister. Uh and tomorrow. What's that show? Oh boy. I think it was called Fam Smart House. I was going to say Family. Oh, that's a movie. Uh, S- Smart Guy. Something I don't know. It Smart was House what- is like a, that movie where the the kid like doesn't have a mom, but the house is his mom, and right, she like, just- really surveils him and like you know imposes like a curfew and stuff, and then it's like the house takes over. That is terrible. Yeah, that's like crazy but then cartoon network had monster house which is like the same thing just like scarier and weirder pretty much yeah so okay um but no it was with okay it was called smart guy it was with taj mari when he was like Mm. five or six um but actually you know you know the more i think about it the more of an idiot i am because to even compare cartoon network to nickelodeon because there's so many shows that i forgot i forgot about 
my show, Keenan and Kel. Oh, totally. I forgot about all that. Yeah. I even used to sit down and watch that stupid Amanda show. That stupid Amanda show. That's like, that's my show. (laughs) I love that. That's like, honestly, that's like the basis of my humor. Like I, I don't know if I went back and like watch that now, I would still think it's funny. And like, I kind of want to bring that like style to like our new gen projects and stuff too. Why don't you just get Amanda Bynes to come on the show? Or She's just, off the deep end. I haven't seen, well, I don't know. She's always I, like, there'll be a news cycle like every so often where she just has like done another psychotic thing. I well hope she gets better. I haven't really. Yeah. We're praying talked. for you, girl. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Bynes, if you're listening, you should come on the pod. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, lactic acid. Oh, that yeah. would be fun. Like me, you, Hannah, Amanda Bynes. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. But when I say stupid, just in case the outside shot that she hears this, when I say stupid Amanda show, it mm-hmm. was like, it's one of those things where it's stupid, but you still laugh at it. And it's still something that you watch every week. It's you know what so I'm saying? Funny. I think it's like, I think people like downplay how smart it is. Like that's a, like the writers are so genius. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Anything I mean, that um Dan Schneider had his like, his fingers in was like a masterpiece Ooh. like drake and josh and um the amanda <laughs> show and good burger oh boy that was my like, movie yeah all that stuff like that man was he's very smart but he also is a, like a pedophile or something yeah that's what i was about to say yeah. i wasn't gonna t- i wasn't gonna go there but yeah uh, we're gonna separate the art from the artist just for okay a second. that's one yeah that was one of to me, that was the most iconic Nickelodeon movie. Good Burger. No cap, without question. Yeah. Good Burger. So good. Everything, I watched that like nine or ten times a year. Like, and I have never, I have yet to find a burger that is compatible to what I saw on that movie. <laughs> Right. I hate that I because I, honestly, when I was younger, I would look for it. I'm like, yo, because you know, back then it was McDonald's and Wendy's, um, and now you have like Burger Fi. Well, I forgot what they have in Eugene. They had a burger place by the stadium. Oh yeah, Cafe or it's like, that's case. more like Red Robin type, though. <sighs> yeah, and I'm not a fan of like hamburgers that are cooked on a grill. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I need my hamburgers cooked on the flat top like good burgers, but I have yet to find a burger that is compatible to that even looks good. Like I've had some Mondo burgers, but yeah. not <laughs> not like a legit Mondo burger. Yeah, good burger. Oh, I will so, say we're yeah. gonna like me, Ben, and Carter are gonna like sit down probably like later this week or next week when I get back from my meet at Mount Sac, and we're gonna like watch Good Burger because we're doing like um like a, an event at Tracktown Pizza during Worlds. And we want to like make a commercial for it to like the style of like some of that cool, like good burger, like good old nineties, like editing style. Just everything about that felt incredible. Like, mm-hmm. like good burger, just that whole, even Mondo burger to an extent, because it felt like a diner feel. Like, yeah. It's like a, you know, just even the outside and, Oh, you know who you should call up, though? You should call up Sinbad. What is that? Sinbad? You don't know Sinbad? He was the principal when Keaton was the one that hit his car. Oh, 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 oh. 
His teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that guy Famous. had the sickest fits of all time. He was like, he was dressed so well. Sinbad is a comedian. Sinbad is one of the OG comedians. Yeah. Like, if you're going to get somebody, you got to get Sinbad on there. I'm just yeah, saying. He's a great character. Do you know, especially if you can get his fro and then you can mm-hmm. get him in front of Hayward Field just promoting mm-hmm. everything? Yeah. I'm just saying. Let me write this it, down. I'm, I'm being dead serious. If you can get <laughs> Sinbad out there. But I want full credit for like i know the show's going off the rails so to my listeners i'm not that sorry um but yeah i want full if sinbad if you get sinbad to eugene first of all tell them to fly me out there because it is cheaper to fly i'm not even kidding it's cheaper to fly to paris than it is to eugene really <laughs> it is like I think when I was looking at tickets, it's like $1,700 Sheesh. from Orlando to Salt Lake City to Eugene. That's an arm and a leg. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. They tell pay them, that ticket for Sinbad, though. They need to pay it for me. I'm going to give them the idea. Uh, yeah. But, no, that would be epic. Man, I hope you guys live stream that. And just kind of live stream some of the things that you guys do. Because... I would, and it's genius marketing. The marketing is perfect because everybody and their moms are going to be. So you got, I would say this Pac 12 from a viewing standpoint, it did, I didn't see too many people out there. Hmm. Um, but it's all, you know, automatic, it's going to pick up because you have NCAAs, yeah. you got pre coming up next week, next weekend. Yeah. You have USAs and then worlds. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, last question before we uh, switch gears, then we'll get to the, you know, the last part. What character, what 90s character suits you the most, you think? Um, Which 90s character? That's so loaded because there's so many good ones. All right, pick Um, two. We'll go, we'll go Panera special, pick two. Pick two. Well, my favorite movie is Mulholland Drive. Do you know that? I have never heard of that. You should watch it. It's classic. Um, it's like a David Lynch movie, but it's like about these two like stupid girls <laughs> in LA. Like the one girl gets in a car crash and then she like forgets who she is. Like she forgets her name and like what her life is about. And then the other girl moves to LA as like an aspiring actress. Um, and it's kind of like about how they meet and then they like are working together to like, um, you know, like get the job done or whatever. But I am, I'd say like the first character is like the girl who forgets her name. That's like who I'm channeling. <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm like having my birthday like is this week and I'm going to like have my birthday at the movie theater and like make all my friends watch that movie. <laughs> I'm glad I live in Orlando. <laughs> there's, there's no, well, happy birthday. And, you know, it's going to be a belated birthday by the time people hear this um but i'm not gonna lie to you there's no way i'm watching that movie (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like it sounds weird and that's a 90s and that's a 90s movie yeah that's the thing with the 90s though it's like anything like truly like anything goes and it's like the 90s to me is more like about like a visual aesthetic than like um then and like kind of like this zany like 
like characters than like the writing and um yeah anything else like that so you know i'm gonna go watch sister act two instead you're gonna watch what sister act two Oh, the sister act. <laughs> you never have you heard of sister act? Yeah, I know Goldberg? sister act, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I don't know. That makes me feel nostalgic because I sang in a choir. Okay, uh, and played the drums. Uh, went to school. Well, before I went to private school, I went to public school. So mm-hmm. I don't know that. I mean, be honest with you. As soon as I write this article, I'm probably gonna go write, go watch a Good Burger tonight. You should. I, I don't think there's like no character in Good Burger where I could be like, oh, that's me. Because like Ed's too stupid. Like um Keenan Thompson's too like conniving. I'm since so. I think I'm since that. Yeah, I could see that. Um yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's the only I don't know. You know what character you can be though? Yeah. Not all of them actually. I'm like I'm like the girl in the psych ward. <laughs> She's like in oh. the psych ward, like dancing, like. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was the weird and and uh, uh, what's his name? Kel was like, didn't he like try to date her or something like that? Yeah, that's dancing? me. I'll take her. Okay, moving on. So, <laughs> how did you get into writing? What what did where did the passion for writing and writing stories that tell the story of the sport in particular? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I guess like if you go all the way back like my high school girlfriend was like um a, like a writer. She was like she won like all these like national awards for her like poetry. Um, and she was like constantly reading and stuff. And I don't know, I think I kind of like really liked her because I thought she was so cool. And like secretly I wanted to like be as cool as she was. Okay. So um, yeah, I think that's probably like my earliest kind of thing. But then like in college, I um, like took a whole bunch of creative writing classes and really um, kind of just like enjoyed that kind of like mode of expression and yeah, I don't know. I, I'd say like midway through college was when I like really started to like love reading for like the quality of writing. Like I'd see a banger of a sentence and just like be so excited by like how good it was. So yeah. And I had like some good professors and like I wrote some stuff that really excited me at the time. And like looking back at it now, it's like complete shit. But um, yeah, I'd say like those are like kind of like the early markers of it. But I didn't like start writing as like a job until like probably a year ago and like yeah deciding to go to journalism school was kind of like um like on some level just what was required to come to Oregon because I like yeah knew I was gonna like come here I just didn't know what to study (laughs) I mean you've like it's a great program shout out to professor uh Lori Schantz the goat big Um, shout out she like changed my whole perception of writing i told her like before i don't know if i told her on the show i was like every time i write i just have her words in my head which Mm -hmm. like it takes my articles at least three hours longer but it's been for the better because i'm so much of a better writer um yeah but 
I don't know. And you, you're really, it's, it's funny. Like you would think that with the way you write, that you had like these aspirations of being a writer all your life, but it sounds like you're low key more of an English teacher because Uh you're the only one that gets excited for like a, (laughs) like a sentence. But I get that. I don't know. I think like, I definitely like, like view writing as like more of an art form than like um, a trade. And I think journalism and like journalism school and like doing sports journalism, like kind of makes it into a trade. And like, that's not like what I love about it. So, you know, I'm doing it cause I'm broke. Like not, not cause you know, if I could like go like sit back and like write a book or like write, just like write my own stuff for like, like a year or two, like I would totally do that. Um, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, and, and yeah, I do like teach writing to like, we at our new gen camp, we, um, we like bring in a bunch of like young kids that want to be like writers and photographers and stuff. So I'll like teach them writing for a week. Um, so yeah, I like that part of it too. Oh, okay. So you literally are a teacher professor. All right. I didn't know that that was a part of it. That's, but that is such a benefit for young kids because you actually, it's one thing to learn. I want to be careful. I'll say this writing is the general as the generations pass the forms of writing to change um and so that's actually very beneficial you know to have that um you know that opportunity you know in these new generation camps so do you ever think you would write a book um yeah i feel like eventually i mean it's like it's not like a, like a bucket list item or something that I like, you know, am planning, but I think like for me, it's more about like, just yeah, kind of chasing, like, like whatever really energizes me at the time. I, I feel like if I have like a subject matter that like, you know, I think like, you know, books are like what really excites me about writing on a page, like more than like all the articles that I read on Twitter. That's very, because it's something like, that's the good thing about a magazine. I still, I still love a, like a hard print newspaper. Yeah, totally. Because it's, it's something different. Like I have all the times I've been published in the newspaper, I keep them. Like I have them all because it's something different. Like I want to show my kids, I want to show, you know, my mm-hmm. wife that like, yo, this is, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something authentic about it. Like my mom, you know, worked at a, worked in a newspaper um and she still you know has some you know her stuff like from the 70s so you know even you know in a book that is you know some powerful last two questions and then we'll get to rapid fire what is something in the sports media landscape that you think needs to be changed i'm sorry the track and field media landscape that Mm -hmm. needs to be changed and changed asap for the better of the sport yeah um i mean there are plenty (laughs) plenty of things that i would change if i were the the overlord uh, of like the track of the track world um uh but i think like a big thing for me is that like i think young people who aren't like insiders of the sport need to be more represented in like the media of our sport like i think 
like I said earlier, like a big goal is like, how do we get track into like mainstream pop culture? And I think like, yeah, having like cool young people like cover the sport in like whatever way, you know, it could be writing, but it could be like all sorts of stuff like YouTube or like we could have a track movie, like, you know, literally everything like track on TV. Um, And I think part of that too is like, I think if there are athletes who are like kind of like even remotely interested in media, like I think we need to give athletes the tools to, to like kind of be involved in the media in a way that's like not just posting to Instagram, like a, like a race recap or like a little training update. Cause like a lot of like most of the athletes are kind of just like clones of each other online. And that's like truly the only kind of like um, content that we get in their voice from their perspective. So yeah, I think like really capitalize on like athletes who are interested in media. I think it has to be a modified, like, you know how you can train athletes what to say and stuff. I think you have to modify that because you can say, okay, you can't say this. You can't say that. And there are some things that athletes absolutely positively have no business saying. I'm just being honest because you, it, because it protects, because you're trying to protect your brand and stuff like that. But at the same time, you can't be a clone. Like you said, yeah. to say, Hey, you know, post pictures of you training because um you know the athletes can you know see it and and all that stuff and like you said every if 10 people are doing that here's what it does for people like you and i okay it gives us something to talk about on the show yeah stuff like that you know we talked to carrie richardson justin gatlin said she ran 10-3 in practice Mm -hmm. okay that's just a talking point and stuff like that right does that express who she is you know does that express Mm -hmm. you know what she's about her interests who they are off the track so i think that is a great great talking point all right let's move on to the last segment rapid fire down the home stretch i'm gonna ask you some rapid fire questions i want you to answer to the answer them to the best of your ability Uh if you don't it's absolutely okay our reigning champion is last um well when this airs it will be last week's um, champion it is Sinclair Johnson the goat so yes so Sinclair appreciate you came on the show dropped a ton of knowledge are you ready are you up to the challenge yeah I'm ready bet if there was a food that you had to live with and the food that you wanted to get rid of for the rest of your life what would they be um I would live with quesadilla and I would get rid of Brussels sprouts Oh, that's easy. Okay, this won't count against the time. What kind of quesadilla? Like chicken and vegetables. Okay, all right, I can dig that. Um, if there was a superhero to describe who you are on the track and as a camp counselor, who are you rolling with? So, okay, uh, superhero or <laughs> '90s television character? Oh, well, you're switching it up. Um, I would be. Um, um, Amanda Bynes in the Amanda show. Okay. Oh, also I have to say this now it's on my mind. 90s movie in addition to Good Burger. I know Hannah will appreciate this, but I just saw the update Matilda. Oh yeah. Matilda's great. Good. That speaking of evil, that has like the most evil character of all time. Mrs. Trunk like Trunk Trunkman. Trunkwall, Trunkwall or Trunkwall. Something, like <laughs> something terrible. <laughs> Yeah, she she was 
Trench, trench wall. Trench wall. Trench wall. <laughs> Trunk wall. Okay, it's the yeah, same whatever. thing. Uh, all right. If you had to be the guest on any show, it could be a cartoon, it could be a talk show, it could be a reality show. What would it be? Um, Red Scare Podcast. Okay. We can. Hey, well, just make that happen. That's it. Okay. If Duke and Oregon played their best teams in any sporting event, who would you roll with? If it were basketball, I would root for Duke. Um, anything else, I'd root for Oregon. Okay. Uh, day at the beach or day in the mountains? Beach. If there was somebody who had to narrate your life as a runner, who would it be? Uh, Keenan Thompson. Oh, I would love that. Wait, wait, wait. 90s Keenan Thompson or SNL Keenan Thompson? 90s for sure i'm i'm against snl okay that's not even gonna ask why that's fair all right a few more questions dream vacation spot um i do like a european tour specifically three places i do like spain france and italy all right if there was a song to describe your life what would it be um I want to describe my life. Um, uh, I guess like all my favorite songs don't really like describe my life. Um, or describe your day. How about that? Um, maybe like. Oh, I'm really having trouble. Uh, I'm really into beach house lately. Maybe like a beach house song, like Majorette or like. Um, Myth by Beach House, maybe. Okay, cool. If you had to open up a restaurant, what would it be called? What would you sell? Uh, I would call it Matt's Diner, and it would be the most classic diner you could ever see. Because I feel like that's like a really degrading, like, um, or it's like a, an American cultural institution in decline. And I think it needs to be saved. And I everything would be super cheap. <laughs> I, I love that. I am a huge diner fan. Yeah. So. Bonus question, and then we have two more. Is Waffle House considered a diner? No. Oh, crap. That's my go-to spot right there. It's Waffle got House. a it's got diner vibes for sure, but it's not like a diner, you know. I am a huge listen. Save diners. Shout out to diners, drivers, and dives. If there was a Food Network show that you could be the guest star on, what would it be? Oh. Um. I'd want to. I don't really know the shows that well, but I would want to go on one of those competition shows like um like chopped mr chef or like whatever just because i i love like all the shows where like there's contestants that are pitted against each other i like that i like that okay a couple more questions if you had to have dinner with somebody i don't do living or dead so just living who would it be okay um miley cyrus why her she's like the only like mainstream celeb that i like really stand and like would defend <laughs> okay yeah i yeah My, i love her. okay marley cyrus or hannah montana Miley cyrus yeah i was i like actually wasn't like that big of a hannah montana kid just because like i feel like it was like like a girly show and like a lot of the guys were like oh i don't really like that um and i was part of that so yeah i feel like she, i'm kind of like a late stage miley fan fair enough all right 
last question and for whatever reason the last question always slips my mind oh yeah here we go if they made a movie about your life mm-hmm. who is the actor that would play your character mm. that's such a good question um i'm trying to think of like a young like a young actor as much as i want to say timothy chalamet i feel like he wouldn't fit the vibes he's too short no he's not that short he's like 5'10 oh well that's short to me tom holland is really short i think that's fair um i'd go like i don't know like matthew mcconaughey i'd go like i'm going back to the 90s <laughs> matthew mcconaughey yeah yeah okay we can do the 90s and then what would it be called my movie yeah would have some absurd title that had nothing to do with anything in the movie so matthew mcconaughey but there's like a thousand different versions of matthew mcconaughey yeah i was thinking like dazed and confused are perfect all right that's how we are going to end matt all right we had a bit of a technical difficulty there where can the good people of the world find you? We already covered New Generation TF, but where can they find you on your social media? And where can they find you as far as writing? You know, it's concerned. Um, yeah, I'm at Matt Wisner on Instagram and at Wisner Matt on Twitter. And I will tweet all of my writing that I'm proud of. So if you want to read, <laughs> you want to read my work, that's where to go. <laughs> Oh, I feel that on a, I feel that. I feel that. But listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you dropping some dimes, some wisdom. The second Nickelodeon expert on the show. I'll give Hannah the lead because I mean she's yeah. on Vice and all that stuff. But totally. hey, you're dropping dimes, man. Listen for Lactic Acid. You can follow us. You know where to find us on Instagram, Lactic Acid Podcast. On Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore Pod. Gonna try to use TikTok more, so follow me there on Lactic Acid with Dominic Smith. YouTube, we're doing ex- an exclusive series called Track Talk that will primarily be on you. That will exclusively be on YouTube. I made that decision. Um, it's between half an hour and an hour. We just pretty much. Just chop it up. No organization to it. You definitely want to check it out. We have some awesome guests on that. That's exclusively on YouTube. And that is Lactic Acid with Dominic Smith. Type that in, subscribe, hit that like button. It helps out. And then follow on all of wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, type in Lactic Acid with Dominic Smith. Hit that like button, subscribe, leave a nice review. It helps everybody find um the podcast they tell me it boosts the algorithm or whatever that means but that's what it'll do from what i've been told and it helps grow the channel and if you are interested in sponsoring uh lactic acid or track talk hit me up at lactic acid podcast at gmail.com until next time peace Oh, oh, oh.